0: Hey everybody, it's your favorite reconstructionist, Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number two of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks to working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry every Wednesday. Today's topic is, you don't need evidence, unless you want to win. So grab your crash tech, the expert angle coffee mug and settle in at three, two, one, off we go. every year traffic crashes claim the lives of over a million people and account for over 500 billion dollars of injuries around the world a small select group of people from police to attorneys to expert investigators are tasked with getting justice for the victims protecting the rights of involved parties and ensuring the story is told accurately and honestly unfortunately we believe that is an impossible task without the right team of experts if you agree then keep on listening for actionable tips from leading experts across various industries that you can start taking today to elevate your professional game. If you disagree, then tune in anyway and let us convince you with our ideas. We are Eric Brown and Phil Rally, and this is Crash Tech the expert angle. Welcome back to the show, guys. Crash Tech, the expert angle podcast is brought to you by Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. If you have an accident that you need answers for, or you think the other side has it wrong, Crash Tech can help. Connect with us at www.crashtechreconstruction.com to submit your case for a free review. So Phil, today is kind of an interesting day because we're going to dive into content for the first time on our podcast. Yay. Yay. I need to add some sound effects in there. We need to get a soundboard, add some people clapping. So we had a, we had a show planned for you guys. We had this, this wonderful show planned. And we're going to switch it up, though, a little bit for today because of the whole COVID thing going on. And this is not going to be a show about that. Don't worry about it. We're not going to dive into politics. We're not going to dive into the, to the medical stuff. What our concern is, is because we're in unique times, let's, let's just leave it at that. We're going to make this a, a, a children-friendly show. We're in unique times. <laughs> so because of that, the Supreme courts told all of your guys' deadlines for filing cases and the statute of limitations, all these things have all been pushed out to give you guys more time. And what's the result to attorneys? Well, you guys, I guarantee, you, are all thinking in the back of your minds that it is gonna be years now down the road until you get paid on some of these cases. Because even, even if you can file them, Right now, the courts are starting to be backlogged. We're still doing things virtually. Very few things are coming into the courthouses live. The judges are handling criminal cases and all this other stuff in front of us. So I know that that cost is is one thing that you guys want to look at. And so you don't want to dump money into reconstructions right now because you can't file cases. And, And I get that. I 100% get that. But there's another part that I think we're overlooking here that we need to discuss. And that's this whole thing about evidence. What do you think, Phil? Wow, evidence. Um, Interesting concept. Yeah. (laughs) Because let me ask you this. Have you worked a case where an attorney calls or an insurance company or anybody, private person calls and they go, hey man, can you look at this case And we're like, yeah, absolutely. When did it happen? Well, it happened five years ago. Oh, okay. Do you have any photographs? No, no photographs were taken. Okay. (laughs) Go out to the road and the road's been repaved or the intersection's been changed and there's no measurements. And we go, well, do we have access to the cars? No, both cars have been destroyed. Ever work a case like that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of reminds you of the, um,
1: you know, you can you can see the mountain getting bigger and bigger and bigger in front of your eyes as the, as the responses to the questions are no, or don't have that. Or, um, you know, it it just creates a situation where the, the quality of the case, uh, from an evidentiary stance gets a lot weaker. You know, it's, um, I hate to say this, but I think there's an assumption and that's always dangerous but I think there's an assumption when people start looking into these or get the phone rings and it's a client on the other end saying, man, this is what happened. I need to retain an attorney. Yeah. That when the incident happened, it was done right. That there's just hundreds of photographs lying in wait at the, at the police department or the, the state agency or whatever. Um, <laughs> wow. That's well, dangerous.
0: Yeah. And, and let me kind of throw this idea out there too at you is but the police department or police agency or the troopers or the sheriffs or whoever, but they took measurements. Did oh, I- okay. <laughs> That's this great. But how great a quality. And, and remember, Phil and I both teach accident investigations in the Academy and everything. What's the quality of those, uh, those measurements uh, you're going to have, if you have a two car crash, you're going to have at least six measurements. Right. Yeah. Six measurements. And so the, the case I'm actually, I'm working a case right now and they took, I'm I'm actually looking at the report here. uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, six measurements. And of the six measurements, four of them are wrong. So, um, (laughs) you know, they, they put cars like off in fields and they're not even on the intersection. So just because the police department took measurements and some photographs I don't know that i would hang my hat on that now that's not to say that the case can't be worked but you know we're not saying that you're dead in the water uh in that us or another reconstruction company couldn't handle this we're just saying the quality might not be the greatest from the evidentiary standpoint
1: right absolutely you know so so what options what options do you have at that point Well, your options are then you need to strike while the iron's hot yeah. And that's exactly it. Go get that evidence now. You know, don't assume that, you know, uh, agency A did everything that you would need them to do and you'll just get the case file, you know, six months from now and everything will be
0: there. That no, won't. I guarantee, I guarantee you it won't be there. And especially, too, because think about this. A lot of people are like, well, all the, all the police have body cams. Right. But you got to remember that most police organizations, unless you have a specific request for that body cam footage, overwrite oh. it. It only retains for so long. And, and a lot of some of these bigger cities because of the amount of data. I mean, if they have hundreds of officers out and their their body cameras now are recording almost their entire shift. And, and so when all of these uh, recordings are coming in to the to the data banks, they're just filling up really really fast and so a a lot of them most most agencies seem to only retain their videos for maybe 30 days unless they're tagged right you know unless there's a request to retain that video so by the time all of the current restrictions are lifted those videos are going to be gone Mm -hmm. and let's talk about some evidence on the roadway you know okay so the police department painted it Right We threw some some paint marks out on on the marks and everything. Now some of your gouges, really deep gouges into the asphalt, some of those may still be there, and they may be there for quite a while. But what about just light scrapes and, and tire marks, Phil? How, what's, what do you think? I, I mean, in your experience, how long are those lasting on the roadway? Not as long as what people assume they would be. You know, scrapes or
1: uh, scrapes will be there for a little while longer. Um, but they have a tendency to, to, to the sharpness of them, the round off with continual traffic running over top of them. And they kind of blend into their background, um, become harder to find, but tire marks, I guarantee you tire marks are going to be, they're either going t- to fade off or they're going to get marked over marks, uh, where other incidents or near misses have occurred. And, yeah. and and now, you know, the integrity of the original mark that you that you're uh, that's part of your, your case you're looking at is going to be uh, hidden by a, a a mark from another incident over top of it. So, yep, absolutely. I, that, that, that lying back and waiting, um, I think, is 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 not doing a good service to your to your case, because it especially in these times, you, you need to get out now and I, really let me take that back in general you need to get out you need to get out as quickly as you can after it happens after your incident happens
0: yeah but um, phil that's expensive that's expensive right and and especially uh if these cases aren't going to pay out possibly for a year or two or three well, or four depending on th- you know what it is and everything so I think, I think we're it gonna, depends on what your what your you either want evidence then or you don't want evidence. I
1: agree with you. There's money involved in it. You know, nobody's going to go out for free and and spend eight hours doing, you know, evidence gathering and so on, scene mapping and, and vehicle inspections and so on. Um, and I don't think it would be, you know, it would be right to expect a person to go out and work for free. But at the end of the day, this is evidence that you are going to rely on in a courtroom proceeding in front of a jury. And if you've got nothing to present them, I mean, picture yourself sitting in the jury seat.
0: Yeah. You know. Well, and so think about this too, right? So if, if we're battling another reconstruction firm, let's say that, that we are working on a, on a case that's for the, for the plaintiff side, and there's no evidence in this case, none. No markings left on the roadway, no tire marks, no anything. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to at least formulate an opinion. And the insurance company hires another reconstruction firm who also has no evidence, but they're able to formulate an opinion. How strong is that personal injury case when we get into negotiations? Well, not us, but when the attorneys get into negotiations with the insurance company, their reconstruction company is going to say 180 degrees opposite of what we're saying, because Mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to be defending. And so which, which reconstructionist is right? How strong is your case to go in front of a jury? Both experts really relied on very limited evidence and just had to kind of go off of maybe Newton's laws for vehicle you know, post-impact positions and, and things like that. Maybe some statements, deposition testimony. And there are things that we can look at. But at the end of the day, there's no hard physical evidence to support one side or the other. So
1: then at that point, it just becomes theory. Yeah, your interp- your interpretation of an individual's response and developing an opinion based on a theory that what this person said is a hundred percent what actually happened, yeah. because if it lines up, yeah, it lines up with with what uh, what Newton's laws say should happen. I, right. The strength yeah. of that argument, I, I don't, I don't know that I would hang my hat on it. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, it, and so because always, think about it.
0: Good. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, if you think about it, the big slam dunk cases, the ones that we see big verdicts on are the ones when even though the other side brings in another expert, you know, you're like, look, our expert has this evidence that supports his opinions. And if we go into a jury trial, the evidence is going to support my guy's opinion. And when, yeah. you, when you have that solid foundation to stand on. The offer is going to be much higher to keep it out of trial. And even if it does go to trial, the jury's going to be like, "Oh man, yeah, this guy's one hundred percent the more credible expert." Whichever well, one the evidence supports. When you can when you t-
1: can take a, a blown up picture and, and or or put it on an overhead and let the jury see this long gouge mark and and entire marks or rotation marks and things like that, or where the you know marks where the vehicle rotated. When your expert is on the stand testifying to the fact that the, of the rotation and how the, the this vehicle left the area of impact and so on and moved out to final rest, that's one thing. I mean, that's tangible. That's something the jury can put their eyes on and the expert can point to this mark, that mark, this gouge. Um, but when you're sitting there offering up, this is how the car moved and the jury's going, okay, where's the – do you have a picture of that? No. So we're just supposed to believe because you said it, that's it, yeah. I, if you're not going out shortly after the phone rings and saying, "Hey, I need you to hit the scene, run down the cars." If you locate the cars, I'm not sure where they're at. If you locate the cars, let me know. We'll get a you know preservation of evidence letter sent out or what have you. Um, you're creating a harder case for your for you as the attorney to have to to potentially.
0: Arguing yeah. course. And I would even argue you're, you're actually racking up your costs a little bit more because ah, you, you beat me to the punch. Yeah. yeah the, okay, the less evidence there is, the longer it is for the, that the experts going to take in our office, trying to analyze what little we have and, and trying to figure out how we can actually investigate this crash and, and come to a conclusion. You, whereas when we have really simple clear cut evidence. And we say, Oh, well, here's where the vehicles hit. Here's where they traveled to. This is the path they took. That's easy. Yeah. Yeah, We can knock out, we can knock out a conclusion in no time.
1: Well, and I, and I tell you, you know, and this is maybe a little controversial opinion of mine but i you know we talk about how you and no. i've had this conversation about thunderdome how thunderdome is coming out <laughs> how how underinvestigated collisions are as a uh, as, as a law enforcement in general um and i'm not just going to put that on law enforcement because there's there's times when collisions just are under investigated period even on the private sector side um it's not just law enforcement but It it, it really amazes me in this day and age, um, these cars and trucks that are on the roadway, there's a big, big, big chunk of them that have EDRs or or black boxes Um, and how infrequently they're being imaged. I mean, these cars have got a ton of data in them, not all of them. There's still a lot of older cars out there that aren't supported yet, but there's a lot of cars that are on the roadway that are supported. Yeah. And, and and they're not getting that they people are not going after that evidence. And, and it's kind of I can't help but ask myself, um, is it that they don't know or they don't want to know?
0: Yeah. And and I think I think that second part right there, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think a lot of people don't want to know what that vehicle recorded because it's damaging. I mean, that that vehicle, you know, if if it recorded <laughs> bad information on your client, your fight just got a lot harder. Now, are there some avenues we can take, um, to look at the validity of that recording? Yes, there are. And and we're going to get into that in a future show, but, uh, but yeah, it, it definitely creates an uphill battle, but the, the people that I see that, man, really look how fast the insurance company moves, to take a car, get it to auction, because the longer they're sitting on it, they're racking up costs too, storage mm-hmm. costs and everything else that they're responsible yep. for. So they're not doing it maliciously. But it's business. You no, know, they're, they're just trying to move the claim along and get people paid. Because at the end of the day, somebody on the other side is waiting for a check to buy a new car and everything else. So I mean, I've seen it within two days of the crash that the insurance company has gone out to the tow yard, got the car, took it to the auction yard and it just happened to be dropped off on a Tuesday. And the auction yard had an auction on Thursday and guess what rolled across the auction block.
1: Yeah. Once that, once that auction company gets the title, that thing's gone. It's sold. They're not, you know, the auction company or the, um, whatever storage or the auction facility where, the, where they have all these vehicles housed, they're not in the business to let these things sit around, you know, the, yep. they don't, they don't gain value by sitting on your yard for 10 years and become an antique. And now it's worth twice as much. It's a piece of broken
0: metal. It, it, they're going to sell yeah. it as quick. And that's as it. And, and, and like I said, they're not doing it maliciously, but we've worked cases where, you know, we've gone out within the same week of a crash and the car's already gone. We send out a, well, we yeah. don't again, you know, the attorney sent out a spoliation letter response comes back. Sorry. Vehicle's gone. It's gone. Yeah. and, so then we get into this fight of like, well, wait a second. You guys didn't download it. You didn't do this. You didn't. Well, no, but our, our adjuster went out and inspected it. And we didn't know anything more was going to come of this crash. Nobody was repped at the time. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I said, it wasn't a malicious move. It's just they're just moving the claim along. And, and so now all of this evidence, this wonderful evidence, and, and man, you can get so much evidence off of a car. So much of it, not just off that, mm-hmm. that the EDR, the, the event data recorder, the quote unquote black box, not just from that, but there's so much evidence off of these, the the wheels, if we're lining stuff up on tire marks out on the roadway, we need to see those tires and the wheels mm-hmm. of the car to, to get angles of impact and make sure that you're, you're super accurate so that we can calculate speeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The damage is just Critical on that to do lamp analysis was their headlights on, was their turn signal on? All of this yeah, depending, stuff. On type, depending on the type of case you got. And you know, and you and I have had these these
1: conversations on the phone and, and in person, and whatnot. But my thing has always been this. What when do you want to know what you don't want to know? Do you want to yeah. know about it now so that you can develop, you know, okay, this is this is this is my hurdle. This is gonna be the hurdle that I'm gonna have to talk my way through or explain or what have you, do you want to know about it now? Or do you want to know about it about three weeks before trial? Cause the other side already about it. Oh, yeah. At trial, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, hiding from the truth isn't, isn't, doesn't help you at least in my opinion. And this is just maybe because of who I am, but hiding from the truth is going to haunt you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and and we've had this conversation many a times with attorneys on the phone. Have we not had this exact conversation where you're like, man, listen, we downloaded the car and yeah, it's a 35 and your client was going 52. You know, and the reaction that we get, the attorney is always like, ah, oh man, you know? And we're like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks. It's something that we have to contend with. Let's throw it in our report, get out in front of it, address it, but then show that it's a non-issue.
1: Right. And go out and do, do, go out and do a traffic study.
0: Yeah. Because we've had, we've had many of those where traffic on that roadway flows at 50. That's just how fast traffic flows. Nobody in that area cares that it's a 35,
1: you know, go out to, go out to any of your, your interstates and I guarantee you every attorney. Well, Let me go back because you can never guarantee everything.
0: Now, the only time I think speed, let me jump in here. The only time I think speed was a little too excessive for our case, we had a case uh, down by Buckeye Lake, and I think Phil calculated what, a 10,000 mile an hour impact? Hey, that was a test car. It was a NASA test car. (laughs) (laughs) I told Phil, I said, the problem is, as the vehicle (laughs) rolled off the assembly line five years ago, it was already past the point of no escape before the impact, like the impact was already going to happen at 10,000 miles an hour. See, being you put the
1: disclaimer out there at the beginning of this podcast is you're going to keep it kid friendly. I'm going to refrain from saying exactly what I want to say to you at this point or the gesture that I'd like to use to accompany that saying.
0: But uh, no. no, you know, and, and we're going to get into that, though, too. That was just actually a technology issue with the uh, with the program we were using at the time. Once we scrapped that and went back to old school hand math, it worked out perfectly.
1: <laughs> you, you, you look at, you know, um, the, like you were saying, the, the example, the EDR recorded, you know, a, a, a speed at 52 and a 35. OK, what time of day are we talking? Is it rush hour? Morning rush, afternoon rush, lunchtime rush, um, and you go out and you study that 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 traffic flow in that environment during those time frames. And and most times you're going to see you know you think about it when you're going to work. And, and every attorney or most attorneys that are that are watching this, I guarantee you, when they go to work, if it's a sixty mile an hour zone, are they doing sixty? No, they're right. going with the flow of traffic. You right. know, I mean, how many times do you set out on the interstate when you when you're working? running laser and you, you, you clock the first car with the laser, the, the lead car in a pack of 50, 65 mile an hour zone. You got them at 79. Yep. And then yeah, every absolutely. car behind them is two feet off the car in front, you know? And um, that's
0: always been my thing when I came out in the morning and I get out there and I, I hit, you know, start shooting cars with the laser. And I'm sitting there doing radar, whatever the flow of traffic is, if they're traveling at 15 over, that's generally where I'll set my, My limit for that day. And, you know, I'm like, you know what, that's fine. Then I'm looking for cars that are doing 1820 over, right? Because just like you have the posted speed limits, there's also that section in the Ohio revised code, you know, because again, we're both in Ohio, but most states are all similar on this, where the officer has that section that they can chart, check and mark unsafe for conditions. And right. if traffic's flowing 15 over, really the unsafe for conditions is, is the guy doing the speed limit in the left lane, holding everybody up. People are flying up on him and forced to go around him and make lane. That's the guy that's unsafe for conditions.
1: And it's, it's just interesting, you know. So, I mean, back to the not, not wanting to know what you don't want to know or whatever, get ahead of it. Get it out there. Yeah, you know, so-and-so or this individual is doing 52 and a 35. Yep. All day long. Here's the evidence. And, and, but does that tank your case? No, not necessarily, you know, uh, but hiding from, from that, hiding from the evidence is not, in my opinion, is not the way to go. You know? Yep. I agree. Um, it's just, it, it, I think it's a, an issue of, well, if if we get that information and my client's speeding cause my client says they're speeding, then that just creates more arguments that I'm going to have to make and 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 so on and so forth. Okay. That's just kind of is what it is, isn't it?
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, the beast. you know, I, I kind of offer this challenge then to any of the reconstruction companies or engineering firms or anybody else that, that is listening to this podcast. Uh, remember the times that we're in here and, and the a lot of the law firms and attorneys, yeah, you guys aren't going to get paid for a few years on this case. So what can we do to help? Because at the end of the day, having all of this evidence makes it easier on us. So what can we do to help? Like we've done a couple of unique things. Uh, One, we don't charge the the 100% of the cost of the case up front when when you're doing a retainer and we don't charge these big, massive retainers. What we've done during these times is lower that down. And just for evidence collection, because we get a lot of attorneys that call us and go, Hey, look, can you just go out, take pictures of the scene, map the roadway, get a download of the vehicle, do the inspection, and then stop. Don't do anything else with it. Just collect the evidence and next year, whenever I'll get back with you. Once, once everything is filed and and we are on and moving, then I'll start racking up my fees and we go, yeah, absolutely. And so we'll roll out there and get all that done and you can get that done. For, I mean, there's been a few times that we've been a couple hundred bucks. That's it. I, I mean, you're $500 into a case, $650 into a case, and you've got evidence collected. It's stored, it's not going anywhere because most of your reconstruction firms, if, if they're not, if they don't have a records retention policy, uh, you don't need to be doing business with them. Um, but, you know, you have this, all of, all of your records retention policies, and you can set the, the limits on it of how long we're going to store things and, and whatnot. And so if you can be, yeah, a couple hundred bucks into it, but now you have a solid foundation. And then once the evidence is collected, it's not going anywhere. Like now we're good. Right. So, you know, now we can come back and, and actually do some work on it because we, we went out, took measurements, photographs, inspected the vehicle, yeah. got the CDR data. We have it all. And, yeah. and so, you know, okay, maybe, maybe it's a little further away and you got some travel expenses, things like that as long as everything's pretty straightforward and and we can locate the vehicles and everything else. Okay. Maybe you're 1500 bucks into it. Maybe you're two grand and you know, but again, Man, if you're, if you're a reconstruction company listening to this and, and right now they just all fell out of their chair, just so you guys know, everybody <laughs> listens, all, all of the reconstructionists right now are looking up our address and they are on their way. Like they're like, Oh, oh you want to call the Thunderdome? Like <laughs> it's about to be on, but you got to remember right now for, again, all of the reconstructionists and engineers listening to this, we have to be reasonable On what we're doing, price wise, for the attorneys, we we have to be. And if your reconstructionist isn't doing that, why are you doing business with them, right? Because this is a give and take relationship. It it really is. This isn't just. And that's that's one of the things that I've had a problem with in this industry. Is I always feel like the attorneys, just by being an attorney, you bring ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all of the value to this business relationship, right? Because the reconstruction companies, we don't go out and generate our own cases. We can't file a case. I can't just go into court and defend somebody. It all comes from the attorney. So everybody's kind of got their hands out looking for business from you guys. And so if, as soon as you're like, well, Hey, can you just go collect this evidence? I'm not going to get paid on for a couple of years on this case. Um, Can you just go out and collect the evidence? And they're like, yeah, it's going to be 10 grand to go collect evidence, that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And there's, there's no way that you guys should be putting up with that. And this, this has to be a give and take. It really does. Right. Our job as experts is to, is to be an asset. And the biggest thing I learned from the Marine Corps was you have assets and liabilities and, and especially being in a combat zone. And some of these court cases I've been involved in, uh, the courtroom is the combat zone. fired you know coming coming over the yeah and and so you have these assets and liabilities And, and so for us like our scout snipers were a huge asset for us overseas and so you could deploy them and they they would be able to set up do reconnaissance watch troop movements and all of these things the problem is if they don't do their job and become compromised and now they start getting shot at and overrun by enemy forces, we have to dispatch a quick reaction force to go out there and save them. They've now become a liability. They're no longer an asset to us. They're 100% a liability because they now are pulling troops outside into an unsafe area and may get you killed. And so be careful doing business with experts who are no longer an asset and become a liability and there's a liability on a few different fronts. Not only could we potentially be a liability that we aren't doing our job right, but a liability in, in terms of if, if we're using up all of your budget and then once you actually file the case, you come to find out you don't have any money in there to support this giant budget. Is that not a liability? Yeah. Yeah. We, we just tanked your entire, cause you guys have to make a living also. Well,
1: at the, the, at the end of the day, when, you know, talking about the, the, the evidence, portion of this i know we're trying times with 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 this whole pandemic um but the necessity for the evidence gathering and going after that evidence as quickly as possible really is no different now than what it was before the pandemic the importance
0: of it um actually i would challenge that and say it's more important now because of the length of how far out we may be going until cases are filed
1: I think it's more important now, but I think that it was just as important before to go get it. Um, I mean, how many times?
0: Oh yeah. I meant, I meant not waiting. Like the importance of not waiting is more important now, I think.
1: Okay. I'd agree. But I mean, (laughs) how many times, you know, in the past where, you know, you, you've, someone's reached out to you. So you go after, you know, you get, you contact the agency to handle the collision, and, you know, you file your public records request for the, uh, the report, the measurements, the photographs and any statements and you get the report, you get five photographs, no statements and no measurements. So you call that agency and you're like, hey, I, you know, um, according to the report, you know, they took witness statements and, um, you know, this is a whatever, you know serious injury crash. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the measurements and I'm only got only got four, four photos. That's all
0: the photos we have. And they're all black. They're all just, just (laughs) black, black screens every once in a while with a reflection of the overhead light bar from a cruiser in the, in the, (laughs) in the lens. (laughs) So at at that point, if you wait, well, there's nothing
1: available. Is there, is there really nothing available because they didn't capture it when it happened or shortly after it happened, when they responded to the collision, the assumption is that there's nothing there. I I just, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand that, that thought process. And and like I said, and we've talked about this and this is not meant to be a bashing episode, but you cannot assume that the person before you did everything, unless you go verify that or did it right or did it right or did anything. Yeah. You know, we, there's people that just hate, handling collisions and they just show up and, you know, tab, fill, tab, fill, tab, fill clear and go back to, to something else because they hate collisions,
0: but they do them because it's part of their job. Yep. And I tell you what, one of of the the best firms that we work with a lot uses us and man, they're fast. I mean, they'll call us next day. The, The second they're signing a client up, they're on the phone with us and going, Hey, look, we had a crash three days old. We're signing the guy up today or tomorrow. I need you to run out to the scene real quick. Take a look. Just take some photographs mm-hmm. and measure anything that's out there. Just collect it and then hold off and we'll get back with yeah. you. And, and, I uh, and, and I man, we've, been, we've been out there and, and still been able to find blood on the asphalt. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that kind of stuff, you know, especially if you're talking injuries to a motorcyclist or something like that, or a pedestrian crossing the road. Imagine having that because, yeah, OK, a lot of judges aren't going to let those photos in because they don't like gory things coming into courtrooms and everything. But if you're talking about injuries, right? And so if nothing else, just on our diagram, when you, when you see our scale diagram and it shows blood here, 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 big blood puddle here, right? And, and so again, it's not gory. That's gonna come in on the diagram and there's labels on it at least just so that they can see it and say, man, look how many times this, this, the pedestrian or the motorcycle rider hit and skipped off the asphalt. Oh, look, there was a flesh scuff. On the, ash, on the asphalt here, you know, and things like that. <laughs> Think of the, the power and the impact that has to a jury when trying to decide injuries and damages.
1: Well, and I get the fact that, the, you know, the, the attorneys listening, you're, at you're at the mercy of your phone ringing, you know, by the, the victim or the family of the victim saying, hey, this is, you know, we just had this happen. So I, I get it. You know, if the family doesn't call for 45 days, you can only react to the information you get when you, when you get it as the attorney. But I think the point being that we're trying to make is, okay, once you get that notification, you you need to pounce. That's when you need to strike while the iron's hot. Am I saying, like you said, a a while ago, take off a hundred mile an hour and and invest all the money into a full reconstruction,
0: not necessarily, but at least go get your evidence. Yeah. Go after as much as you can. And then and then store it. Have have your expert yeah. company store it and just say, hey, look, just go grab this and then long. and then stop. Don't do anything with it. Just full yep. stop. You know, yeah. You, and that's you might something be, you can work out with with your expert. You know, okay, yeah. so
1: give me a call. Okay, I call the attorney back, say, Hey, okay, I went out, I did this, I did this. This is where we're at. This is what I got done so far. Do you want me to hold up? Or what do you want it to do? You know, because things can change, but you got to go get your evidence folks. And that's, that's just what it comes down to. I mean, if you, you know. Yeah.
0: You're, you're literally sh- shooting yourself in the foot. If yeah. you don't get it, you're yeah. You may still be able to file a case and you may be able to, to get some sort of settlement, but I promise you, I promise you the settlement that you got is not as good as, as one that is reliant upon solid collected evidence. Well, and the other side of that too, I hate to say it, and this might be a a leap or an assumption on my part, but, Uh um, you know, are we getting more, are we getting, are we going to get more hate mail? Probably (laughs) my care meter on that is at zero, but (laughs) anyway, um, you know,
1: experts in their field get stereotyped about what kind of expert they are <clears throat> based on the product <clears throat> or the work process that they use. <clears throat> that holds true for attorneys. You yeah. can't tell me, you know, because it happens in all fields doctors, you know, your grocery stores, whatever. But the same holds true for attorneys. If you get known in your industry as being that attorney that presents cases or brings cases in that have no evidence you're going to get other attorneys that are going to love having cases against you, you know, because they're going to be like, yeah, their expert is going to offer up an opinion based on nothing.
0: Yeah. Or the claims adjuster. Think about, think about the claims adjuster at an insurance company. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some staff attorneys that are watching this podcast and, and they're thinking the same thing. I guarantee. And I've had this conversation with some of these staff attorneys on on some cases. And they're like, ah, you know what? I'm not too worried about it. This guy doesn't really bring strong arguments. And that's their opinion. So what kind of offer are they going to, you know, offer you guys? And, And so that's something you have to be cognizant about. And if you're a staff attorney for an insurance company, trust me when I tell you the PI attorneys know which insurance companies are investigating crashes. Yeah. They, they do. We have that conversation with them. Ah, you know what? This is so-and-so dude, they don't ever sink any time or money into this. Like we're going to be able to walk all over them. And that's, that's the conversation. So you've got to be cognizant of that. And and just remember, and like Phil said to echo that man, strike fast on on evidence, whatever reconstruction company you guys are using or, or engineering firm or anything like that, just to at least collect evidence. Um, Get with them and ask them, hey, look, right now, during these times, could we work something out just to go out and start collecting this evidence? And then, you know, maybe as, as the economy starts to open back up, go back to, you know, a more traditional model. But for right now, is there something we can do? because we need to collect and store this evidence. So, well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure that you follow and join Crash Tech, the Expert Angle group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show, or you'd like to be on a future show, head on over to Crash Tech, podbean. Dot com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. Right there, you can put all your information in, and it comes right to me and Phil. If you would like more information on expert consulting services or training, make sure you visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure that you request to join the Crash Tech, or I'm sorry, the... <laughs> Well, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for the day. As always, jump over to Facebook and make sure you follow and join Crash Tech, the expert angle group. Also, if you want to leave us feedback, have an idea for a show or would like to be on a future show, head over to Crash Tech, expert angle dot dot com and click the link on the right that says contact the show. The form will come up. Put anything that you want right in there. If you want more information on expert consulting services or training, visit us online at www.crashtechreconstruction.com. And finally, if you're a PI attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Facebook group. Or if you're a defense attorney, make sure you request to join the Crash Site Defense facebook group neither site contains any ads or spam it's just a private community that brings experts from all different areas together with attorneys to collaborate or ask questions so again guys thanks for tuning in and remember always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day everything we're doing is for them